Hey, all you rad dads out there. Hey, what's up, everyone? Rad Dad Brett here, bringing you another episode of the Rad Dads Show. In this episode, Christian sits down with singer-songwriter BJ Jezbera, who's a dad to an eight-month-old son, Pete. Well, he was eight months at the time of this interview. They grow so fast, don't they? BJ chats about adjusting to life as a new dad, trying to tame his risk-taking side. And he also, of course, tells us about his latest EP, Canciones con Queso. And while BJ's often described as Johnny Cash meets Blink-182, this latest EP is a mariachi-style record, so definitely go check that out. So grab a margarita, kick back, and enjoy BJ Jaspera on the Rad Dad Show. Welcome to the Rad Dad Show. Who are you? I'm BJ Jaspera, a Rad Dad. <laughs> Pre-COVID, I was uh, a gigging musician uh, for about five years. I was, you know, playing regular gigs, making all my money through that, uh, you know, giving some lessons on the side. And uh, just eight months ago, I became a dad. So uh, also, you know, about a year ago, COVID kind of shook the whole world up. So everything's kind of in a state of limbo right now, but, uh, you know, still playing music for him. And uh, me and me and my little guy, Pete, we live stream every once in a while. <laughs> he gets to hop on camera and that's really what all the people want to see now. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> You play music and everybody's staring at Pete. <laughs> eight, eight months, so that, that's that's your relatively fresh new dad. Yeah, I know. I, I look pretty put together for a new dad, but this is all fake. <laughs> <laughs> so you got dressed up for the camera, the green screen, right? Exactly. Yeah, this is this is just an avatar. This isn't even what I look like. <laughs> <laughs> um so this you might have an interesting, you know, uh, take on this question. Do you do you consider, you know, eight months in, do you consider yourself a rad dad? Yeah, I think so. Because uh, especially early on, um, when he was just born, uh, my wife was working full time. And I, again, was a musician. So I was working full time as a musician. until COVID came in, he, uh, he spent you know, the better part of six months with just me, because after a month, she had to go back to work. So, uh, you know, every day we were waking up and figuring each other out. I'd play him some guitar, we'd go for a walk, we'd you know, do everything, but I've been all about this little guy since he was born. What, well, like, what, what can, like, what are some of the traits that you think make one a rad dad? Well, being there is, is part of it for sure. But, you know, uh, also it's kind of like I'm instilling in him a little bit of, uh, my feistiness and my adventure, like, uh, my, my thirst for life. I think, uh, I think just, uh, he's going to grow up you know, skateboarding, playing music and, you know, video games. <laughs> he's going to be, he's going to be a little rad guy wearing flannels too. <laughs> <laughs> wearing the flannel suit. That's a key. It's a key to being rad. So how, how do you like, you know, how do you right now, you know, he's, he's pretty young. Uh, what's his name? Did you share your name? His name? Yeah, his name is Peter. Peter? We call him Pete. Pete. Um, so is that kind of what, you, what you're hoping is like him, you know, growing up to be, you know, a skateboarder in, into music, that kind of thing? Is that something know. you're cognizant of? No, it's kind of a... have like expectations or like hopes for whatever. Like my only hope is that like he grows up happy and healthy and I'm going to do everything I can to make that happen and facilitate, you know, whatever he's into really. I'm going to introduce him to stuff and, you know, if it sticks, it sticks. But obviously we're going to start with my interests and then kind of see where he develops and, and grows into because especially right now, you know, he's just kind of like interested in his fingers and eating. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, once he, once he kind of grows into a little person and starts 
doing his own thing. Like, I'm just, I'm stoked to see what he wants to do. I feel like he's going to be an opposite of me. He'll probably be a really good student or a, like an athlete, <laughs> which I was neither of the two. So, you know, I'm just excited to see what he kind of turns into and not try to force myself on him, but definitely share my interests. Yeah. How, how did you, you, how do you manage, you know, being, so are you like at home all the time with him? And in your way, it's that right, right now? Uh, oh. A couple months ago, I started working full time just because oh, okay. with this pandemic going on, <laughs> music is going to be in a weird spot for a while, especially at the level I'm at. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, t- it's tough for everyone. You know, even, you know, people that, uh, you know, I guess, you know, look at like bands. Like, I'm a big Bad Religion fan, for example, like, and, you know, kind of follow them on social media. And this is like, I just couldn't imagine if, you know, and, and in your case too, you know, having that, um, you know, as your the way you make a living and just everything's kind of just shut down. Uh, how, have yeah, you, yeah. How, how have you dealt with that? Uh, I pretty much just switched over all to digital, um, doing live streams and still recording and putting out music and releasing stuff. Um, so even working full-time and being a dad full-time, two big full-time jobs. I still have a third full-time job of music, but you know, just since there's no live shows, just kind of transition into whatever you can do. And you were talking about bad religion. It's funny because uh, they just started doing live streams or they you know, did a live stream recently. And I feel like it, this, this whole pandemic was like a leveling the playing field almost. Cause you know, you got big bands like bad religion and then small, like, you know, dive bar guys like me all trying to figure it out at the same time. And I adjusted real quick, started live streaming immediately, got it all dialed in you see these like big bands like kind of dipping their toes into the pool and it's kind of funny like obviously they have the audience to do a big successful one but <laughs> i i have the, the technology to do it by myself without having to hire somebody <laughs> yeah so it's kind of yeah, everybody deals with it yeah it's i i watched the decades thing and it was it was kind of neat but it you know it doesn't replace the the idea of of live music for sure and um no, and yeah, the, you know, the technology, I'm a school teacher. And so I've had to kind of adapt as well, you know, trying to do some classes online and stuff like that. It's just like, <laughs> it's just a, it's just a weird thing. Um, what's the most rewarding aspect of being a dad of a, of a young, young kid so far? I don't know. It's, it's crazy. I can't really describe it, but it's just a feeling that you get like just every day waking up and being like, all right, it's another day. Kept him alive. Let's keep it going. <laughs> But it's cool. I think uh, I think it'll feel more rewarding, you know, once he's like able to reciprocate the love. Like he's he's developing a little bit of a personality, but for the first like six months, he was just a monster, just so grumpy and screaming all the time. But now he's you know chilled out. He's a little more happy. But like I think I'll feel super rewarded once he can like you know give a kiss back or something. <laughs> yeah, it definitely definitely you know for my my son is nine, and so it's. Not, not saying that that stage of being, you know, young, kind of pre one isn't good and fun, uh, but it gets better. <laughs> no, it's totally, it's totally fun and it's awesome. You know, it's, it's great to see him like developing his personality, but yeah. I feel like once he has it, then it'll be a little more like, all right, game time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When you, when I think the biggest thing for me was like, uh, I really enjoyed the transition of not having to, to change the diaper anymore. It's like, okay. I like that. That's like a milestone. I remember. Yeah. And then also um, uh, we just kind of took, took away the, the booster seat, like car, car type seat that he had. And so it's like, okay. yeah, he could buckle himself in. That's just like, okay, let's go. 
you know, I cannot to- wait to get rid of this car seat. Pounds, <laughs> and he's a heavy kid too. So it's yeah. like such a wuss trying to carry it. <laughs> I, uh, I, my, my car seat story is I remember when we had to take my son home from the hospital. This was like the next day or the day after he was born. And, and the nurse is like, okay, you got to go get the car seat. And I, it was in my, um, my son's mom's car. And I didn't know how to take it out of the, the thing. Like it, it was it like in a base. Out of the base. Yeah. So like the worst. So I like brought the whole thing, base and all, and the nurses just kind of look at me like, oh. <laughs> do you do you yeah. have it? Do you have any of those kind of stories of like? Oh, I got plenty since day one. Uh, yeah. You know, he's a pandemic baby. So when he was born, he came premature about a month. So he spent a week in the NICU and was strong, fine, healthy, everything. He was good. They just wanted to like monitor him, get his breathing, and you know everything under control. And uh, the rules of the hospital were once you were in, you couldn't leave. You could leave one time, but you couldn't leave the premises. Like it was basically like they granted you like maybe a smoke break or something. And I'm not a smoker. So they're like, you can go outside once and then you're done. So we didn't know for sure if she was having the baby or not. It's kind of premature. So uh, we were there for a couple of days already. And uh, it was really cold in the hospital. (laughs) So I decided I was going to go out and get my jacket and just being a complete ding dong, you know, almost wasted my one trip to just go get a jacket i left all the baby stuff i left all of my wife's clothes everything else in the car just grab my jacket come strolling back into the hospital and uh, luckily there was a security guard there like you know you only have one trip right <laughs> yeah and then he said you might want to go get a <laughs> <laughs> well, good idea <laughs> so came back and yeah my wife wanted to kill me but it was funny good story now yeah, no, that is a good one. Yeah, I like my my brother uh, had uh, had a had a baby. Him and his wife had a baby at the end of uh, June, and it's been. I never heard, never heard never thought of that term pandemic baby, and so oh yeah, kind of like oh okay, like uh, yeah, like what how how would you define that? Just someone that a, a person that was born during this pandemic. Yeah, I mean, someone that has his life has started in the throes of a lockdown and just a shifting world, everything is going to be changed after this, you know, and it's weird because we're not going to see the exact effects of it until these kids grow up. But just thinking in terms of, he doesn't know people without a mask. You know, he, he, he knows my wife and I, he knows a couple grandparents and some cousins maybe, but like everybody that he interacts with has a mask and they're not allowed to touch him, which is crazy because everybody wants to hold babies. You know, it's a big part of developing a child's mind is you know interacting and seeing faces and facial expressions so you know and anytime we take them out we have to wear the mask and it kind of freaks them out a little bit but it's just uh there's so many things that are subtle nuances in, in raising a baby that just get thrown out the window during a pandemic yeah and it's something i i don't I haven't really thought too much about to be honest like now talking to you is all these thoughts are in my mind it's like yeah that's been the hardest is is uh you know not being able i i I've held my, my nephew twice since he, he was born and um, yeah, it's hard. Uh, you know, I, I could only really visit or see him outside. And so my brother's pretty, pretty staunch about not, people not coming into this house and stuff. And so it's just like, Good. so, yeah. so what's it like, where are you right now? Where do you, where do you live in California? I live in Chula Vista. Yeah. Which is like yeah. a little bit like maybe five minutes South of San Diego. We're basically the last stop before Mexico. <laughs> okay. And, and so what's it like there? Is it still kind of pretty locked down and, and whatnot? Or? They've started opening some stuff up, but it's still very, very 
lockdown. And I think everybody's very trepidatious about it just because we all know at the drop of a hat, whenever somebody decides, you just go back away. Um, yeah. And in my own personal life, it seems I, I could be a shut in very easily. So it doesn't really change too much for me. It's just, yeah, I constantly think about how things are for Pete, you know, like I want him to experience all the, the normal baby stuff, but it's hard because, you know, you can't take him anywhere or do anything. So yeah, I know. Find alternatives. In, in what ways has fatherhood changed you? Definitely made me more aware of uh, the stupid things that I do. You know, I used to be a risk taker and like, oh, there's a giant hill. Let's go skateboard down it and drink five beers. <laughs> now it's more like, uh, I want to get home tonight. So, you know, I kind of dialed things back a little bit and he became my focus. It used to be all music all the time. That was all I cared about. Now it's just taking care of this kid and, you know, putting him in a position where he can hopefully follow his dreams later on when he grows up. Nice. Yeah. And, and that's kind of like a, a common theme that people feel about. It's like, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I got to get up in the morning at, you know, maybe four or five in the morning. Uh, better not have that, that second beer. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I get it. Don't take take. So you, so you would say you take less risks with you, yourself personally. Yeah, you know, I still try to get fun in there, but yeah, definitely. exactly. That's why you're here. You, you still got to be rad. Yeah, he's my little ride or die. So you know, it's not like I'm gonna be like one beer for me, one beer for you. <laughs> he's had his bottle, and I've had my beer. <laughs> Did you have any fears about becoming a dad? Um, I was reluctant to it all the way up until my wife told me she was pregnant. <laughs> this was, I was never like, you know. Uh, I didn't feel like I was ready. And I don't think you ever feel like you're ready, but I feel like, especially just being a broke musician, like struggling along, trying to make this dream happen. Like when you're so tunnel vision on something, it, it's hard to think about things outside that realm. So like having babies isn't really part of the rock and roll lifestyle, or I guess having babies is, but taking care of babies is not. And I'm not the type of person to, to ditch a responsibility or like, I didn't want to be, just a kid, like, like a guy the kids saw once in a while or whatever, like I wanted to be there hands-on. So, you know, it, it was never something I, I prepared for, but once it happened, it was gung-ho all in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get that. So you, you kind of said then that, you know, you wanted to be there, you're there kind of constantly, like, where does that, that come from? Is that just an inherent thing? Is that just, is that descriptive of how you were raised? I mean, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, my mom stayed home with my sister and I when we were young, um, you know, until we were both a little bit older to take care of ourselves. And then uh, my dad worked full time, you know, doing like government work. So he was he was home. We'd see him every day and, you know, whatever. But he was more the provider, the the the, the, the old 50s dad role, you know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, um, I don't know. I, I think it's just who I am that like I want to be a huge part of this kid's life not just a part but like i want i want him to look up to me in in some weird like way not like he has to worship me but yeah. i definitely know like i've put every ounce of my being into like being your dad nice i like that kid so you know talk about your dad can you just describe the relationship with your dad yeah it's good i mean i think i got my messed up sense of humor and definitely like a little bit of my uh <laughs> my attitude from him and you know when i was younger he uh he would he would you know come out to like my plays 
you know, support me through stuff like that. But you could tell he was just kind of like uh, happier once I got older and he had somebody he could like talk to and like now we can split a whiskey and a cigar, you know, like <laughs> sit down and be pals. Like we didn't have a very like buddy buddy relationship as a kid. Like it was always dad son. And now I feel like now that I'm older, like it's definitely gotten cooler and easier. Uh, and obviously boys and their dads butt heads. And I'm probably going to butt heads with this kid. <laughs> I already do. But yeah. it's uh, I don't know. I just I hope that I could have more of a like involved relationship with this kid and like, you know, tell him all the stories. If he has questions, answer them, you know, as honestly as I can. Obviously not be like, yeah, let me tell you about the time your dad passed out behind a 7-Eleven. But <laughs> How did, how's your dad um, um, kind of dealt with being a, a grandpa? Has that kind of changed him too? It's weird. I uh, I have never seen him so like <laughs> lovey-dovey. <laughs> so it's funny to see him like stepping into a grandpa role where uh, he's very like soft and tender around the kid. And like, you can see his eyes light up. Like, I don't know, maybe I was just like a bad kid. I don't think I was a bad kid, but I definitely had my moments of disappointing my parents. So I didn't see that light as often. <laughs> Oh, don't be hard. I that, that's a common theme too. Of I've I've had a number of guests, and I, you know, when they talk about their dad, you, they're quite this quite similar stories. Like, yeah, you know, provider, he was there. Like, you know, he was there. Sounds like he was there. He was involved, but wasn't like, you know, taking you out skate. Well, I don't know. I could be wrong, but taking you out. But it was just like, okay, I'm coming home. Okay, we're gonna have dinner. Okay, maybe he goes watch sports or, or something like that. But you know, yeah. he he's there, but. So there, there, there's been that kind of theme of, of all my guests for, for a lot of my guests. And then once they have the kid and I turn to that grandpa role, it's like, it's super interesting to me as to like, what happens? It, I think it, it's a it's generational just, thing too. You know, like, especially like if, if you're like, you know, 35 and younger, your dad came from like the fifties, you know, he was born in the fifties. So his dad was probably a hard ass and like really weird. So, you know, the generation that I'm growing up in, men are allowed to be a little softer, a little more sensitive, a little more, you know, in tune with like uh, their softer side and like showing emotion, you know? So I understand where my dad came from now. When I was a kid, I kind of didn't understand, but like, I understand like the difference between his childhood and my childhood was stark. It's crazy, you know? So it's, it's, it's not like in any way he was like a bad dad or a right. Yeah, I, I didn't. I, you know, they're, just, they're just you know they're a different generation, and I think uh, the sissy millennials are gonna are gonna handle being a dad just differently than the boomers did. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I like that. I'm gonna use that millennials versus the the boomer piece. Um, what are some important lessons you think that you you kind of want to teach your kid as you as you kind of navigate this fatherhood idea? Uh, the one thing I think about the most is just. I want him to be free to be himself, you know, and like take, take any risk that he wants and, and follow his dreams, but also understand that he has to work for it. I think that's something that I learned really early on being a musician is like, you could do anything you want in this world, but you, you really have to work for it. And sometimes you can work really hard for it and it just doesn't work out anyway, you know, but that doesn't mean not to try. Just always have a backup plan and, you know, just kind of, do your best. I, I like that answer. That's kind of like what, what rad dads is really about too, is like, you know, having 
and that's why you're here, you know, with the, the discussion, the whole idea when I first started the, the podcast or the conversation, it was to like interview dads that inspire us in, in their work or their art or their music. And so they're kind of like doing them, but also at the same time, their dads, they have all these other responsibilities, but kind of taking time for yourself to me is, is really important because I think it makes me a better person and a better, better dad. And so was that something you're cognizant of too? It's like, you're still, I know it's the, the pandemic with, with the music type stuff, but you're still, it seems like you're really, really passionate. You still want to do it. Is that something that that's like, Hey, I'm, I'm focusing on my music, but I'm still a dad. Like, yeah. I, um, I definitely still try to make time to, to do music and do the things that I want to do. I, and it I allows my, me to reflect on all the other stuff. Yeah. I, I guess my question there was, was this, what do you do to take time for yourself? Yeah, just that. I, I still play music. It's I don't really have much free time anymore just because it's either working, hanging out with the kid or, you know, trying to get some family time in with the wife. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, music is my release. Music is what I do to, to still feel connected to the world. Otherwise, I would just be like a floating head. <laughs> there you go. Definitely a juggling, juggling thing. So let's kind of transition a little bit. You know, you've already mentioned that you're kind of, you know, you're working and, and the music is, you're doing some of the live stream stuff, but you just put out an EP, right? In January, can you talk about That's that? That's correct, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, I put out an EP called Canciones con Queso, which in Spanish means songs with cheese, or <laughs> in my loose translation, it means cheesy songs. Um, and it's, you know, it, it's still in the wheel what I do which is like folky punky Johnny Cash meets Blink-182 but just for this one I decided to go balls to the wall and we did a full mariachi style album so usually it's just like guitar bass drums and we throw in a couple accent instruments but this one was uh we got trumpets we got accordion we got the whole nine yards and it, it definitely sounds bigger than pretty much anything I've done yet Nice. And so like what made you put out that EP kind of during, during this time, it was just a matter of you kind of had it and you wanted to, because I, you know, I know a lot of bands that, you know, they, they've had some stuff and they're just waiting kind of more, but you, you were yeah. kind, of, kind of cognizant of just uh, let's put it out. Is that? That's basically what it was. I mean, yeah. we've been working on it for a couple of years, four, I guess, if I'm going to be honest, we've been working on it for a few years, but uh, it, it just kind of finished around the time that all this was going down when we planned it to come out, uh, pandemic had already hit. And we just figured, you know, even if I can't do a show to promote it or really get out there and run it through the city, uh, it might be something that, you know, my few fans and friends would just enjoy during a pandemic, you know, just something to take their mind off things. So, and it's, it's, a, it's a pretty funny little album. So it, it at least will brighten your 10 minutes it's only 10 minutes <laughs> okay. bring, bring some joy for sure that's that's rad um has have you been writing songs can yeah, Mark, yeah working on the next album <laughs> Here, here's a question I, i'm always curious has has having or becoming a dad changed your song your songs and, and, and like how you you approach music no and i think no? it might not be the best way to approach it but <laughs> i mean i still um i've especially live streaming, you know, and he's eight months old. He's not going to start repeating this stuff for a while, but some of my songs, you definitely wouldn't want to come out of like a young child's mouth, but it's just going to be a conversation he and I have to have later where it's like, this is daddy's music. And this is what music is. People can express themselves through art and 
I want you to be able to express yourself, but you know, maybe leave the F words away from school and don't <laughs> murder your mom. But <laughs> you know, I've got I've got some some kind of dicey songs, so I'm not gonna like go out of my way to be like learn this but i'm also not gonna hide who i am from him at all because he'll find out eventually <laughs> yeah exactly it's it's i think it's important just to be kind of upfront and kind of educate them you know um as we go through you know I, I listen to a lot of punk music too and some of the you know the, the language and i i don't hide it from my son and and uh, you know, just have that yeah. conversation and he's gonna grow up around no effects and like <laughs> gangster rap and all sorts of stuff so he's gonna He's going to learn. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, okay. Last two questions here. Do you, I don't know. You know I always put, you know, I should have gave you a heads up with this one. Do you have a favorite dad joke? That you can oh share? yeah, of course. Do it, do it. What's a ghost's favorite lunch meat? Yeah. Bouloni. <laughs> That's a good one. Okay. I like that. Yeah. And uh, um, yeah. Last question. Any fatherly words of wisdom to any of the rad dads or new dads out there listening to this? Um, it's tough in the beginning, but just uh, stick it through because it, it gets really awesome really fast. And uh, just don't lose who you are. Don't, unless you're a terrible person, then fix who you are. <laughs> <laughs> okay, BJ, thanks so much for the conversation. Um, appreciate your time. And, uh, All right, that was BJ Jasbera on the Rad Dads Show. Thank you so much to BJ for joining us. If you like this episode, it would mean a lot to us if you drop us a review on iTunes. And if you're looking for more Rad Dads content, find us wherever you get your podcasts or give us a follow on social media. On Instagram, you can find us at, at rad underscore dads underscore show and on Facebook and Twitter at, at rad dads show. And now you can also look us up on YouTube for some video interviews as well, including this one. Lastly, Rad Dads is first and foremost a community organization aimed at positive parenting. You can check out what we do over at raddadsyeg.com. That's raddadsyeg.com. Thanks for tuning in. In the meantime and in between time, stay rad.